0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Universe Podcast. Apologize for missing a little bit there. It's been hectic. I've been very busy lately, uh, but I wanted to squeeze in a solo episode because I hate getting behind on these. And uh, right now, I'm a little behind, so uh, I'm trying to fix that. Um, We've got some cool stuff coming up. I am heading to to Northern California later this week to race in Lemons, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try to record a podcast on the way up and a podcast on the way down, and we'll get this train rolling back on track. This is Lemons at Thunder Hill, driving all the way up there. I was going to fly, but I have an Audi A8L, and I thought that was the perfect vehicle to road trip up there uh so that'll be a lot of fun that'll be good that's the perfect car for a drive like that um so i'm looking forward to that and i'm once again driving our team huevos rancheros the 1962 ford ranchero this isn't the original ranchero this is the replacement ranchero because the original ranchero was smashed and destroyed um I'm excited to drive this one, though, because the original Ranchero was three on the tree. No bueno. In first and second gear, when fighting for the corners, it wasn't bad. As soon as you got on a straight and shifted up into third, it was like, shoo, 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 shoo. Everybody was just blowing past you. Handling-wise, the car was great. It has the Shelby Drop. The owner of the car, the co-founder of Hooniverse, Tim O'Dell, He daily drives a 64 Falcon, and there's a modification where you do called the Shelby Drop. You adjust. I think it has to do with where the how the upper control arms are located or something like that, where it fixes any camber issues, and it works on the Falcon. It also works on Mustangs, I believe, and then obviously on the Ranchero, which is Falcon-based. So that's in there. It has a four-speed, four-on-the-floor gearbox, which is going to be infinitely better because more gear ratios just having it down here where it belongs is going to be wonderful now on top of that i'm excited to go back to thunder hill the last time i was at thunder hill was for the hyundai veloster n launch um and that's a fun track but lemons were running the full five mile configuration which sounds bananas to me um i've never that's such that's so much racetrack it's crazy um so it's going to be insane, and I, I'm curious how many cars are in the field, how many cars are going to start, and how many cars are going to finish. Um, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's a long haul to get there. It'll be a long haul home after the race, but it'll be it'll be great. I'm not driving up there by myself. Friend of Hooniverse, Josh Ostrander is coming with me, um, so he can split some driving duty and he can be on the podcast as well. So it'll be good. I thought I just heard a beeping. Yeah, we're still recording. What the fuck was that noise? Um, so, uh, that'll be good. That'll be very good. Now, speaking of Audi products, I last week the reason why I couldn't do the podcast is because I was off driving the all new e-tron, and the e-tron is Audi's first full electric. It's a battery electric vehicle. It's shaped like a slightly swoosh, squished Q5 or a slightly fatter wagon. I think the styling actually works really well on this. Actually, what it really looks like in profile is if you look at a Bentley Bentayga and then you like push your hand down and squish it a little bit and make it look a little bit better. That's what the Audi e-tron looks like. So Audi is playing an interesting game here. It's their first full electric and it's, it drives well. It looks good. The inside is nice. All of that stuff is great. It's cheaper than a Model X. A little bit more expensive than a Jag I-Pace. It is a bit of a trade-off vehicle, though. Um, The range is what makes the news for EVs, because people still have range anxiety these days. And the EPA-estimated range of the e-tron is 204 miles, which doesn't stack up well against the competition. On the flip side, the charging speed is fantastic. It's super fast. It's 150 kilowatts, uh, kilowatt hours of charging speed. And basically that's the fastest you could do outside of V three Tesla super stations, which aren't even fully out yet or deployed or something like that. So this is technically the fastest speed. Um, and that'll get you. I mean, it's, 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 a it's, I want to say you can get to 80% in like 35 minutes or something like that. It's, is that right? I think that, I, I don't know. I forget what it was, because it was a while ago. Go watch my video. Go read my, I wrote a first drive piece for Jalopnik as well. So go read that. It's up over there. But either way, it's, it's the fastest charging out there right now. Um, and there are, are more and more of these 150 kilowatt DC fast charging stations coming online. Electrify America, which is a subsidiary of Volkswagen is one of these companies building charging stations. And they, I think, are leading the charge, with no pun intended, for the 150 kilowatt stations. Um, By July of 2019, they're going to have 484 sites, which is over 2,000 charging units. And um, that'll be good. And then also, at these stations, it's not... You know, um, distributing the power between the chargers because I know it—at least at V2 Tesla supercharging stations—if you can do 150 kilowatts there, and but there's two Teslas, it like splits the load or it shares it a bit. With these, each unit gets 150 kilowatts. And then the other thing that is interesting about the Audi is its power charging profile. Um, so Audi showed us what they've learned investigating what the V3 Tesla supercharger station could do, where it'll shoot up to 250 kilowatts and then trickle down as it works its way towards 80, towards hundred. Audi gets right up to 150 and then stays there until about 80%. So you're just chugging, 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 chugging that electron juice. And then, um, I mean, that's how they're they're able to get their fast charge times. It's good. It works quick. You're in, you're out. Their nav system works so well with this charging network so that if you put in a destination, it can suggest charging stations along the way and how long you'll need to wait at those various charging stations to get to the next part of the journey if you were going on a road trip. Sorry, I got some allergy action going on. <clears throat> now, on the flip side, 204 miles of range is actually plenty for the average person on a daily basis. Um, it's It's... It's a lot of range, and then on the flip side, if you're charging at home, if you can get on 220, um, because Audi, the e-tron comes standard with a 9.6-kilowatt home charger, on 220, or two, sorry, 240, 220, 240, um, it takes nine hours to go from empty to full, and you most of the times, you're not coming home. Uh, Completely empty anyway, but even if you are, that's overnight. You're up, you're good, your vehicle's ready to go. If you have to charge it on 110 from empty to full, it's 80 hours. So, you know, try not to do that. But if you can afford to buy an e-tron, you can probably afford to have an electrician come out and upgrade your garage. Uh, outlet to a 240. In fact, Audi's even partnered with Amazon so that you can do amazon.com slash Audi charging and it'll get you quotes for electricians in your area, which I thought is kind of neat. And then on top of that, Electrify America gives you 1,000 kilowatt hours of charging for free from the beginning if you're finding those stations. So some cool features there. I like the way it looks. The optional 21-inch wheels look fantastic. Uh, Pricing-wise, before any federal or state tax... Before any federal or state tax credits, Um, the Prestige is... Yeah, Premium Plus is the base trim, (coughs) and it's about $75,000. Prestige is $81,000. I think it comes with a better uh, Bang & Olufsen sound system and a few other minor features, but both of them are pretty well equipped. They both have the latest Audi infotainment, MMI, all that stuff with nice screens. Um, This is the first application of all electric quattro, which is really interesting. So normally quattro is a centralized system metering power to all four wheels. This one, there's an electric motor up front, an electric motor in the back, and those handle those can meter out the power more precisely. They're monitoring the system up to a thousand times a second so it can it can react quicker and be more precise with its power split. And then the Etron gets a full suite of uh, drive select driving modes. So there's an off-road that raises it up two inches over the stock height. And then there's a a, like at highway speeds or for ingress, egress, it'll drop it an inch below stock height or just regular ride height for those situations as well. Um, It's cool. I really like it. I'd like to play around with it on like a gravel or a dirt road in the off-road mode, just to see how that Quattro really reacts. But on-road driving, it was fine. It just felt like a standard Audi product, which is all you really want it to do. You don't want it to be weird. The only thing that takes a little getting used to, um, but you get used to it quickly, is the brake pedal feel. Um, when you first press the brake pedal, you're not engaging the hydraulic brakes, but you're feeling an initial bite, and that's because it's it's actually slowing you down by the rear motors dragging a bit and, and regen and kicking some energy back into the system. And then if you press farther on the pedal or harder, um, then you engage the hydraulic brakes and they feel like typical regen brakes, but regen brakes have come a long way. So all of that is fine. It's, it's actually a neat little system. Now, on that regen system too, you can set it into an automatic mode where... Is looking for traffic ahead of you, and if it sees that the cars are slowing down, it'll sense that you're going to want to slow down as well, and also subtly drag a little bit of that rear motor without you even really noticing to capture some more energy, which is, is pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a it's a slick system all the way around, um, but still that 204 mile range is going to be the talking point for a lot of people, and Audi's hoping the talking point is instead the 150 kilowatt charging speed. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's 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 interesting. Um it's a good it's a good vehicle. It drives well. I think it looks nice. I really like that blue they offer. Um I'd like to see, I'd like to see some aftermarket action on an Etron just because to think some really cool. I you know there might be a badass Etron at Sema uh if it's tastefully done if that's possible for Sema. So I don't know I I I I like it a lot. I was impressed with the Etron and I'm glad there's more and more competition for Tesla one so that they're not just running away with that EV space but two to hopefully make Tesla better as well because their tech is great It's just, you know, build quality shit. Elon's a maniac and all that stuff, but whatever. Now, um, changing gears a bit. Wait, I was going to talk about um, lemons a bit more, but I just reversed it. I was supposed to go e-tron first, and now I'm going... Lemon, so I messed that up, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. I'm trying to think of what vehicles I've coming. I've had the McLaren 600 LT. I just shot a video of the Passport for Auto by Tell. Uh, The Passport's pretty good. That's a pretty good vehicle. If you're on the fence of one of those, you should definitely check out the Passport. I'm really excited to drive this Audi and spend a lot of time. I've been waiting to drive the new A8L, Uh, so I, I can't wait to put it through its paces on the freeway and load up some other better podcast. Cause I would never listen to my own podcast. Um, and, and enjoy the road ahead of us. Uh, though I'm not going to lie after the race, I probably would like to fly home. If any of you are going to be up in that area for the race, or if you're at the race, please come over and say hi and, and hang out. And, and when the race, when the tracks goes cold, you know, have a beer or something, that would be a lot of fun if any of you are going to be up there. Um, but, uh, Diving to that, I'm going to dive over to some Patreon questions real quick because I know we have a few of those. Um, let me pull these up, and this actually is relevant. This is like a pseudo-segue because I saw this question already. Patreon user, uh, subscriber Bobby Reed asks, My Lemons team's seventh race is this weekend, but our first race at Thunderhill. What advice do you have for a team that has only raced at Sonoma and the Ridge, very similar to Sonoma? We will be piloting our 22RE nacho friend, Nacho Friend, 1985 Celica GTS. It has good brakes and handles well, but the 22 RE lacks power. We finished third in class at our last three races. Finishing anywhere, just finishing is an achievement. Um, and finishing third in class is fantastic, so congratulations. I look forward to racing against you. Um, good brakes and handles well, I mean, that means you can just hold the momentum, but it's five miles and there's some sections with some good speed at Thunder Hill. Um, I... The, I've only driven the one section of Thunderhill and it's a pretty fast track. Um, there are a few corners that are a little bit more technical, but other than that, it's like sweeping turns and, and S's and um, so good luck. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's um, Yeah, keep your momentum up. That's my best advice. Keep your momentum up. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're going to like it. You're going to have fun. We're all going to have fun. And it'll it'll be it'll be great. Um, Dan Mosqueda asks, "Have I sold the bench yet?" Um, if you can probably tell, because I'm sitting in it. Uh, for those of you watching on video, um, no, I have not. I'm getting basically no hits. I, I have it priced a little too high, and I have to come down. I keep toying with the idea of going on bring a trailer, but I'm afraid I'm just too of chicken shit of it getting absolutely torn apart by the. The general commentary there, Um, even though there's been some W114s sold there lately, that have me going, oh, maybe I should patch a few things up on this and get it over there. But I, I, you know, I don't know. Some of those people always know, like, oh, this one bolt was fastened in 1982 by this guy, so it's it's good to go. I mean, so I I would come in with not enough information for what those buyers are looking for. And then this thing would sell for like two grand and I'd be kicking myself in the teeth. Um, and I don't want to do that. Uh, cause I know the vehicles sell better when they have a reserve or no reserve, excuse me. Um, and I, I just can't do that. Um, I am, I am, I feel, very happy for those guys, though, what they've done with that business. Um, if you haven't noticed, they've just announced a new system. They're announcing a full white glove concierge service for super expensive vehicles um, where the price to list in that category isn't even listed on the website. You have to call, but they'll take they'll work with you to take the photos um, and handle a lot more stuff. Um, and to to kick off that, they're auctioning off their own. I think it's a '57 Gullwing Mercedes. Which holy shit, they have a Gullwing Mercedes. They're doing really well. Um, and it, the paint color with the black wheels that they've chosen to, and it's a fully restored Gullwing that they paid to have restored. Um, the The car looks absolutely perfect. And it's up there and it has a one bid of a million dollars already. So that's the kind of level of vehicle that they want to do with their white glove concierge service. So props to those guys for turning, uh, uh, an initial idea of just kind of sharing listings, which is, I mean, this sounds weird. This is almost the way Hooniverse started, but this is two very different paths. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's how we should have done it. And where we went whatever they came in with a vision, they executed it and they've done amazingly Um, props to them. They're a good group of guys and it's a fun, I mean, even if we all have our various criticisms of bring a trailer more so for the, the general commentary on an auction page um, it's, you know, we're all visiting it every day or, you know, at least twice a week to see what's going on there. I like to use it to get an idea of the higher side of the market for some vehicles. Um, and then you can price accordingly or shop accordingly depending on what you're selling or looking for. But to answer your question in a long-winded manner, Dan, no, I have not sold the Benz yet. So kudos to me. Um, I'm jumping over to Twitter for Twitter questions because I know I got some of those asked. Um, And uh, speaking of Dan, Dan has one of our stickers. He put it on his car and uh, he put it on upside down. So um, I'm going to send Dan another one. Um, so just a couple Twitter questions. Uh subcat at a hot Island sound says, I know it's van time always says it is, but is it van time? You know, it's funny though. It's van time thing. Um, I, I'd say once or twice a month, I toy with the idea of owning a smaller van, like an, uh, NV 200, um, trans, the smaller transit. That size van, just because I think it'd be so cool to have one of those. Just like instead of fucking with mountain bike um, mounts or or racks or whatever, you just throw the bike in the back. You shut the doors. I mean, fuck, you could leave the bike in there. Um, I, I think the idea of a properly outfitted van is pretty cool. It is not personally van time for me yet, but I think for anybody else, just it's go for it. There are a lot of of great. Vans and things to do with those vans right now it is the it is the time of the van we've resurgenced you know the eighties were the seventies and eighties were a different type of van, and now we've reached an era where you can express your automotive enthusiasm f- with a van in a very different and very awesome way. Eli at Eli Fitch can you think of a car you liked when it entered production but disliked when it left production three seventy z Um, which still hasn't left production. I really liked it when the 370Z first came out. I liked that they they cleaned up the styling. I never liked the look of the 350, um, but I've always loved the Z car. Uh so I was always I was conflicted when the 350 came out. The 370 corrected a lot of that for me because it had some 240 Z S31 aesthetic to it and it drove great and there were some great things about it and it made I never had a problem with the VQ noise. I liked the VQ noise. Um you know G thirty fives at the time and stuff like G thirty seven, whatever. Um it has aged so poorly at this point and it's a damn shame that nissan has done jack shit about it um yeah it bums me out i cannot i cannot that car cannot leave production fast enough for me it needs to be taken out behind the shed and just and taken out of its misery um and I say that as someone who loves the Z, it either needs to just go away and Nissan needs to figure out a lot of shit, or it needs to be reborn. I say this all the time too, on the website, in videos, on podcasts, it needs to be reborn as either a, um, a BRZ GT86 competitor or a super competitor. Like that's it. Um, and if you're going to do the BRZ, the, that direction, that's fine. Lighten it up, reduce the price, put in a, a low uh, a smaller engine in there, maybe turbocharge it, something fun you know, uh, that would be great. I'd be totally fine with that and change the name to make it a smaller number to reflect that, like call it, recall it the 240 Z again. Fuck it. Um, I, I would let that stand mentally. I could live with that or go the other direction and call it a 400 Z and put the infinity engine in it and go after the Supra and do that shit. But either way, it needs to die or change massively. It just, it's, it kills me what that's going on with that car. Uh, sorry about the No situation. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, Jason Bolin at JP underscore Bolin. Love the idea of a manual transmission luxury car. Would I regret getting the four cylinder G70 instead of the twin turbo six with the auto? So I have a Je- Genesis G70 video coming out. I only drove the six and it was great. It was really good. What I've read of the four. Yes. I've heard the manual gearbox in it is it was just like hey enthusiasts look what we're doing and then everybody who's driven is like that is not a great gearbox and you give up so much power from the 4 to the 6 everything i've read is said get get the 6 ignore them, the 4 i drove a g70 um with the sport package so that's the brembos and all that uh rear wheel drive and it was it was it's a really really good car get the 6 get the 6 don't worry about it just get the 6 um so i i I vote six a thousand times um now trying to think of what i have coming up oh i have another interesting thing coming up on the calendar after the audi after i get back from lemons i swap into the chevy colorado bison that's the zr2 with extra stuff from aev it's mostly protection stuff i think there's a snorkel and some skid plating but that's that's it, but it. I guess it makes a big difference on the underside of the truck. So we'll see if it. It if it adds up to. Because I think they're asking a fair bit of money for it, but there's no like there's no more power. There's no revised suspension. Even though the, susp- the suspension's fine, so it, it doesn't really need that. But we'll see what's happening with that. I'm very curious about that one. Um, other than that, I, there's nothing. Too thrilling on my calendar at the moment. Um, there's uh oh, I I think I'm getting uh, is it yeah the Jag SV autobiography which is uh, I've never driven one and I've always wanted to drive one. That's the super luxurious. No, I said Jag. I meant Range Rover. Excuse me. The the Range Rover SV autobiography dynamic. Um, I'm very excited about that one. Um, I have an F Pace SVR coming, which is interesting. Certainly. Um, I feel like there was something else on my calendar, but I don't want to th- scroll through my calendar right now and bore you. Uh, I've been really enjoying driving the Montero. Um, it's 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 dripping less under it ever since I've had all that stuff dumped into it. I love the way it looks with the wheels and tires. I love those 1552 wheels. Um, a, a chunky KO2 is just excellent as well. I want to actually take it on a real adventure and see what it can do off-road. Um, nothing too crazy, of course, because, I you know... <laughs> Triple A can only collect me so far up the trail, but you know, get it, get it a little bit seriously dirty, where it, you know I got to wash off some mud and, and and go that route. I think it's it, it'll be fun to test it and see what it can do. I drove it on the dirt a little bit, and it was really comfortable. That bouncy seat is the shit. I love that about it. Um, now, as far as this Benz goes. I have the four sale signs, you know, just sitting here. There's one in front, one in back. It's on Craigslist right now. It's on Facebook Marketplace. Um, but I think instead of like really stressing about it, I'm just going to kind of keep driving it with the four sale signs in the window and see what happens uh, and go from there. Um if it comes crunch time and I really need to get it out of here, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something else out to drop the price even farther and and go from there. Uh, I'm not sure about that yet, but as, as far as it's driving right now, it's driving wonderfully. The sound system from Clarion still kicks serious ass. Um, it sucks though, because I look at the things I want to fix if I was keeping it, and I just don't want to put any more money into it. Like that headliner back there, is killing me. I don't even know if you can see that headliner, but that, oh, I, I, it bugs the shit out of me. Um, the, I, I would love to clean up the paint and the dings and the dents, but that's now we're talking serious, buddy. I'd like to do, um, fresh suspension at all four corners, just a set of, uh, factory spec Bill or something like that. They're not even that expensive. I just don't want to, it's 400. It's still like 400 bucks. It might be 400 front, 400 rear, whatever. It's under a thousand. But I, I don't want to put that much money into this, especially with how much has gone into the Montero unexpectedly. you know. Um, so I don't want to go that route. But I do feel bad just when this car sits outside and gets dirty and, and this and that. So I still love driving it. I still enjoy being in it. It's just I look at all the things I should be fixing, and I'm not because I don't want to spend the money on it. But... So it's this weird, weird place right now. Like if I was upset with this car and it was just sitting, 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 I would drop my price and, and be like, all right, you know, X, $3,500, take it, get it out of here. Um, but I don't want to go that low. Um, so I, I don't want to, I just don't want to do that right now. Um, I don't think I want to sell it for less than five. I think that's kind of my bottom number. So if you're, if you're watching this and you're, and you're thinking, Oh shit, well, I'll do it for five. Let me know. But I, I could change my tune and, and you know, a month from now, I'll be like, I $4,000 come and get it. Uh, maybe 4,500. Maybe we don't go all the way down. So who knows? But right now as, as I'm sitting in it, my base number is kind of $5,000 where, uh, cause I'm not in a position where it needs to get out of here again. Um, because, uh, the wombat, a wrench has not been turned yet on it still. Uh, so yeah. All right. So maybe I need to keep this cause that Benz is never going to be done. I don't know. That car is killing me. It's killing me. Or at least it's not, I'm not being charged to store it where well, it's not, I'm not paying the shop a fee to have it sit there. So that's good. And the initial, monies have been paid. They're just clearing out the jobs that stacked up in front of it while they were changing locations. So it's fine. We're getting to it. You know, contracts have been written, money's been paid, that sort of thing. Um, it's just classic car shops, fabrication shops. They work through their orders and get to your order. It's just a slow process. But the thing that kills me as I'll look up, I'll, pull up Facebook on my phone or something like that. Um, actually I deleted the app, so I have to type in Facebook and it'll say, Oh, your memory from six years ago. And it'll be the picture of, I took when I bought the car and I want to throw my phone against a rock. (laughs) Just fuck you. Um, but I don't, uh, I, I think mostly positive about the Wombat someday, someday it'll be sitting in here in the garage or, uh, parked out front or something like that. Either way, it's gonna happen. I know it's. I feel it deep in my in the subcockles of my heart. So there you go. There's that. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got this week. Um, I, I apologize for a shorter episode. I apologize for delaying on the last bit. It's just I've been. I I, I have a new contract position that I recently picked up for another company. So I've been doing a ton of work for them where I'm just starting to roll into a ton of work for them. Um, but I still have the ability to, to take some time to go do stuff like lemons and, and a few other things I have planned. I have some, I have a sick ass camper van coming soon. I'm taking my wife and daughter camping in. Uh, I don't know if you remember last year I went camping with my daughter's preschool where everybody else was tent camping and I had an Airstream because you know, you got to wound up all the other moms and dads, and I'm kind of doing that again. This time, I'm doing it with a um, the in bed camper. So I think it's built on the back of a Ford F350, and it's a company called Lance, L A N C E. I don't know if my stuffy nose is fucking that up. Lance camper, and it's a drop in where it's got the where it hangs over the cab, and it looks dope. I can't wait to go pick it up. I think I'm the first. Uh, media person to borrow it from them, which will be awesome. Um, That'll be about a month from now. That'll be in June. So I watch my Instagram because I'm going to be Instagramming the shit out of that one. Instagram, follow me on the gram. but actually, do follow me on Instagram if you are on Instagram. I'm at Hooniverse Jeff. Also follow at the Real Hooniverse. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker at the Real Hooniverse. Go to Hooniverse.com. We we love having visitors to our website. Engage in the commentary there. We have some of the best commenters on the internet. It's actually a nice place to comment on things, which is rare, and it it's been that way since the beginning, and it is that way to this day, nearly ten years later, because that's how almost how long the site has been around. I'm old now. Um, uh, go to you know, YouTube if you're here watching the video. That's great. If you're listening on Shout Engine or something else, you know, if you want your own podcast, shoutengine.com. Shout it out loud. I swear to God, Chris needs to use that as the tagline because it's great. Still haven't determined episode 300 festivities yet. Um, but I mean, most likely Four Sons. So <laughs> it's just. You know, we'll figure that out. I'll keep you all posted and we'll go from there. But that's it for this episode. Again, I again I'm sorry. It's been a week or two. I'm sorry. I'm mean, gonna crank out a few more episodes to get caught up and we'll be all good and we'll go from there. Uh, but for now, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week. Whew.